0: God, we love you, and God, it never gets old to be able to come and to open up the word together. It never gets old to come and to to hear your word and to hear you speak, teaching every one of us. It never gets old to come and to, to worship together, and I pray that is always the case. I pray that it never gets old. God, this morning, we come again to your word. And we open your word and we we just ask that we would hear from you this morning. How would you speak through me this morning? Would the words that are coming out of my mouth be yours? And no one came to hear me. We all came to hear you. How we're here for you. Would you speak and move? We invite you to open our hearts and open our minds and speak to us and challenge us and change us in ways we need to be changed. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of our three-in-one series. Uh, last week was week one, uh, as we unpack this whole idea of the Trinity and this idea of 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 who God is. And if we believe that God is who He says He is, then then how should we be living, right? And I, I told you last week about the uh, the rise of the nuns and and the the ex-evangelical movement. Those who see the church and they see us uh, living in ways that are counter to what we say we believe. And so it is, it is counterproductive for us not to live what we say we believe. Jesus talks about it in Revelation, being lukewarm, right? This is, this is what we're talking about this time. And so as we unpack this, this whole idea of the Trinity, as we unpack this idea of who God is, uh, my prayer has been that we would begin to, to see how this changes who we are. And how this changes our life as we, as we live for the God who we say we believe in. And so last week we talked about God, God the Father, the first person of the Trinity. That God is a, is a holy God, that he is set apart from us and, and he is not comparable to anything or anyone else. This is a, a holy God. He is an eternal God outside of the, the time constraints that we have, outside of, outside of anything that we could fully understand. And he is... He is all-knowing, which is scary, but amazing at the same time, because God knows everything about you, and he still chooses you. He still wants you. He still wants to, to be intimate with you. He wants a relationship with you. This morning, as we as we move forward, we're going to talk about the second person in the Trinity. We've got Father, and we've got Son. We're going to talk about Jesus this morning. Now, we kind of, I'll admit, a couple weeks ago, we talked a lot about Jesus on Easter. We talked about the sacrifice of Jesus, we talked about the importance of Jesus, and we talked about being in a relationship with Jesus. We talked about how all of this kind of stuff i want to I want to unpack though just a little bit more about Jesus this morning and and just like last week, uh, you know we were talking last week about trying to trying to name God and who is God, and sometimes we try and put our own ideals on that, and we put our own ideas on that, and we try and put uh, our own name on God, our own picture of God, and who is, who is the God that I'm praying to? It's this kind of God, and this, and but we don't get to name God. We don't get to say who God is, and God in Exodus 30, or Exodus 3 says, I am who I am. I love that. I love that, that phrase. I am who I am. We don't get to, to say who God is. God has already God God knows who God is, and God exclaims who God is. And the same is true with Jesus. Seven times in Scripture, Jesus gives us these these phrases, I am. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the... The, tr- the vine, you are the branches. We hear these, these I am statements of God, Je- Je- of Jesus. Jesus is trying to tell us who he is. Right? We don't get to say who Jesus is. Scripture is pretty clear to us about who Jesus is and how our lives should be changed because of it. The one that I didn't mention just now is the one we're going to be talking about this morning. It's one of my favorite I am statements of Jesus. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I think this claim that Jesus makes here, and if you want to turn there, we're going to be in John chapter 10. Uh, If you're in your pew Bible, it's on page 759, John chapter 10. Uh, This this claim that Jesus makes here, saying that I am the good shepherd, I think tells us and teaches us a lot about the character of Jesus, but it also tells us and, and, and teaches us a lot about how we live Under the lordship of Christ, which was our question on Easter, can you say Jesus is Lord? How do we live under the lordship? How do we follow the good shepherd? John chapter 10, again, if you're in a pew Bible, 759 is where we're at. We're going to start at verse 11, and then we might make our way back a little bit later. John chapter 10, starting at verse 11. I love the sound of Bible pages flipping. It's one of my favorite sounds ever. As I'm standing up here and just saying, yeah, I love it. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm going to stop there. I want us to just, just unpack this claim that Jesus makes, and then we'll go back and talk about this whole scripture. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Jesus is implying here that there are some other shepherds around. I'm the good shepherd. There are some other shepherds there that may not be so good. But I'm the good one. I am the only good shepherd, I think Jesus could probably say. But I'm the good shepherd. There are some other things that... Maybe the sheep try and, try and do, but I'm the, I am the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd, and he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, before we go on, I just, I just wanted to, to talk for a second about who, this, who the sheep are. Because in, 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 this, in the way that Jesus tells stories, usually he is a character in the story, and we are a character in the story. And if Jesus is the good shepherd, that makes us... The sheep. I don't know if you've ever ever been around sheep. I haven't, but I've read a lot about them. I've seen them from a distance. I've seen them from across a fence. Petting zoo. I've seen a sheep in a petting zoo. But I learned a little bit about sheep as I was uh, preparing and, and kind of researching this passage a while back. Sheep are, are, are not very smart. I'll put it kindly. Sheep are really not very smart. But sheep are, are, in Scripture, they are mentioned more than any other animal. They are mentioned over 200 times. For all you dog lovers out there, dogs are mentioned 40 times. If you have any cat lovers, I'm sorry, you got left out. Unless you talk about, the Bible talking about Satan as a roaring lion, which, I mean, you can make your own assumption there, talking about cats, Right? But, but sheep are, are notoriously not very smart. They're they are, In fact, they are just really not smart at all. Have you ever had a dumb pet? If you're looking for an entertaining afternoon, just go to YouTube and just type in dumb pets, and you will laugh for hours on end if you want. Right? There, there are a lot of dumb things that our pets do, and I can tell you this this morning, none of them compare with how unsmart sheep are. Sheep are, are really not smart, and here's just a few things. Sheep get lost really easily. Sheep will, will see a patch of grass, or they'll see something shiny, and they will just go it doesn't matter that their shepherd and the, the, other, the whole flock of sheep are over here. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go and do this thing over here. The, the, the grass is greener on the other side is for sure something a sheep would say. And also, it might make me happy over there. So I'm just going to go do it. Right? That's a sheep. Sheep, are, sheep get lost easily. Sheep are defenseless. Yeah, most of the animal kingdom was given at least a defense mechanism. Sheep, not so much. They cannot defend themselves. This is why you see in Scripture, and David is, is, uh, is fighting off bears, and he's fighting off lions, and because if he doesn't, the sheep will not win that fight. They cannot win that fight. They have no defense mechanism, right? If, if, if they don't protect, then those sheep die. Sheep are really stubborn. I, I, I was reading that, that sheep, if they're going down kind of a rocky path, they'll try and fit themselves in a tight space. And if they can't get all the way through... They will just keep pushing. They'll just keep trying until the shepherd has to come and literally pull them out and put them back on the path the right way. They, they will not back up out of the rock and go down the path. They will just keep trying, continually trying. They are, they are stubborn animals and they are filthy animals. They, they cannot clean themselves. They physically cannot clean themselves. Now I know what you're thinking. Pastor Chris, all the sheep I've seen are white. Those sheep that you have seen on TV or wherever have been power washed, I promise you. <laughs> sheep cannot clean themselves. They physically cannot clean themselves. They are incapable they are of it, right? Sheep are just... Sheep need a shepherd. That's, that's the best way to put that. Sheep really need a shepherd, And Jesus calls us sheep. Before you get offended by that, I just want you to see how appropriate this is. Because there is a lot of times where I get lost. Not driving, obviously. But I get lost spiritually. I get lost and I just think my way is better. I think, man, here's... Here's this way over here that sounds really good to me. I think I can I can do I know where I'm going. I just I just want to go this way. I'm not sure what God wants or where God wants me to go. I just feel feel lost trying to do it on my own, which also fits into the stubborn thing. I'm trying to do it on my own. I know the best way. This is my life. I want to live my life, my way. God, I don't want your input on my life because it is my life. I don't need to do that. I'm just going to be stubborn here. There's a lot of times I feel defenseless, going through hard times in life, and I just feel like, man, I don't even know what to do right now. I just, I feel defenseless. I cannot do anything to control this situation. This situation is happening. I can't do anything about it. I'm defenseless. And man, does my sin make me look really filthy. Now, I relate to the sheep, unfortunately. And I think you do too. And so, before we're offended that Jesus calls us sheep, I think it's why we need a shepherd. And it's why Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I want to just go back to, to John chapter ten here, and we'll start at the beginning, starting at verse one. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one by, who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. When he, has brought all of his, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand that he was what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by, de- by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind? This is a story that Jesus tells here. And I think within this story, we see some characteristics of the good shepherd. And if you're like me, I just want you to to know and understand this morning that you need a shepherd. The good news, the gospel, is that we have a good shepherd. That Jesus Christ is our shepherd. We have a good shepherd, but, but here's some some characteristics of the good shepherd. And the first one is this. The good shepherd calls us. The good shepherd calls us to follow. I love, I love this voice. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, talking about the shepherd. When he has brought out all, all, brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice because they know his voice the the good shepherd calls us to follow and and i love that he he calls his sheep by name and his sheep know his voice here's the obvious question this morning do you know the voice of the shepherd the first part is obviously true god is calling you by name this morning God knows every part of you. He knows every intimate detail of you. God made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows your name. Do you know the voice of the shepherd? Amen. Pastor Chris said, I don't know. I don't know the voice of the shepherd. I don't, I don't know the voice of God. Is it an audible voice? Well, Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Some people have said they've heard an audible voice of God. I've never heard an audible voice of God. But God speaks to us in, the, in our circumstances. He speaks to us through other people in our lives. He speaks to us in so many different ways. But we have to be able to know the voice of the shepherd. Amen. We have to be able to know the voice of the shepherd. And if you're, if you're thinking this morning, well, Pastor Chris, I just can't. I, I can't know the voice of the shepherd. I don't know the voice of the shepherd. I'm gonna, I, I think there's probably one of two reasons why. And I'll tell you an, an example to, to be able to illustrate this. Say after church today, we take all the ladies and we throw them in the fellowship hall and we just have them talk. Ladies are good at that, right? They go in, they would talk, they would, they would talk about all kinds of stuff. And if I was to, to blindfold you at the door of the fellowship hall and say, I want you to go in and I want you to tell me who my wife is. Now if you couldn't do that, I know one of two things about you. Either you've never met my wife, or you haven't gotten to know my wife. Because I can tell you this if you blindfold me and open that door, I'll know exactly where my wife is. Because I know her voice. I know her voice. I know what she sounds like. I know what she sounds like when she's happy, when she's mad. When she's sad, I can tell you what mood she's in if, just by hearing her voice. I know the voice of my wife because I have gotten to know my wife. I've spent a lot of time with my wife, I've learned a lot about my wife. Amen. Now, maybe you're thinking, I just I, I can't hear the voice of God. I don't know what the voice of God sounds like. And I would answer those same two things either you've never met God. Or, you haven't taken the time to get to know God and who He is and how He speaks into your life. I think there's 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 these two choices. I think what we need to be able to understand and to know the voice of God. How do you get to know the voice of God? Well, as I was talking about last week, and I asked you this question: How do you pray? Do you just go in and talk in a mile a minute and not, not be able to spend time just, just listening and opening and just, just reading scripture and just, just, God, what do you have to say to me today? Sometimes I don't think we take the time to actually learn the voice of God. We go in and we, we pray and we just, we open up our prayer, God, thank you for who you are and then I want all these things and then amen and I'm out, I'm doing my own thing because I'm busy. I think the same is true in, in getting to know God. We don't take the time to get to know God. I can't express to you the importance of, of knowing this book, opening this book, reading this book, praying and, and, and listening for the voice of God and being able to, to discern the voice of God from all the other voices that we have around us. There was a story I heard once of, of a grandpa and, and uh, he was in his garage and he was listening to a baseball game and his grandson was there visiting and uh, the grandson is, is listening to the same thing that the grandpa is listening to. But all the grandson hears is, is just a lot of static. He's saying, Grandpa, how can you listen to this game? I can't even hear what's going on. I hear like every third word. I don't really know what's going on in the game. And, and the grandpa just says, Son, I've been listening to this same, the same game on the same station for 50 years. I know the voice that I'm hearing. I know what's going on in the game. I can, I can discern the voice out of the static. And when you get to know God, when you get to understand who he is and what he's about and and things that that he's trying to tell you, you will will know that you have heard God. And you will know his voice. I, I think one of the coolest parts about God, Jesus, the good shepherd, calling us is that he calls us by name. If that just doesn't blow your mind this morning, then there's not much that will. Jesus, the the Son of God, the the creator of the universe, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, not not only does he call you, which is pretty special in and of itself, he calls you by name, and he knows you. Yeah, just so cool. Jesus, the good shepherd, calls us, and he calls us by name. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Jesus, the good shepherd, shows us the way. He shows us the way. Jesus, as we talked about a few weeks ago, came to earth. He humbled himself. We have a theological word for this called the incarnation. Jesus came and he took on human form and human body, human flesh, human bones here on the earth. Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. He was both. Jesus was human just like us. He was born in the same way that we were born. He had a belly button, just like we have a belly button, right? There's, there's a lot of things. There's the Scripture talks a lot about the humanity of Jesus. It talks about the way that he, he is sad, that he cries when his, when his friend Lazarus, we talked about a few weeks ago, his friend Lazarus dies and, and Jesus, Jesus weeps. We see Jesus coming into to the temple and, and flipping tables in anger. We see, all, we see that Jesus slept. We see that he was hungry. We see that, uh, that he loved. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus was stressed. Like we, we know that Jesus has seen every emotion that we have seen. Every emotion, every trial, everything that we go through, Jesus has gone through. Jesus has seen. Hebrews Tells us that we don't have one, we don't have a, a God who doesn't understand what we're going through. But we have one who was tempted in every way and still did not sin. We have one who has gone through everything that we've gone through and continues to show us the way. We have this Jesus who came to the earth and he showed us the way to live. He lived the life that we could not live. I say that phrase often that Jesus came lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserve to die, and he conquered death for all of eternity that we might live with him forever. Jesus came and he showed us the way to live, and Jesus came and, and he lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived a sinless life. He lived a perfect life, and, and then he calls us to imitate that. He calls us to follow him, and scripture says be perfect, design perfect, right? And all of us at the same time go, no, I can't. I can't be perfect, God. I can't do any of that. I can't follow you the way you're asking me to follow you. I can't. And oftentimes that turns into, so I won't. I can't be perfect. I can't do this. I can't do it the way you're calling me to. And so I'm not even going to try. Now, where else in life does this, does this happen? I, when I was growing up, I really wanted to be a basketball player. I, I mean, I did play basketball, but I wanted to be like a professional basketball player. And the person that I looked up to when I was growing up was Michael Jordan. I loved watching Michael Jordan. I wanted to be Michael Jordan. I would be out in my front yard playing a a game by myself called Buzzer Beater that I just made up. Probably every kid plays it. Have a ball, make a a situation in my head, right? I'm down five with 30 seconds left. How would I do this? And I would just go about reenacting how I thought Michael Jordan would do that. I wanted to be Michael Jordan. I wanted to imitate Michael Jordan. Now, could I ever be Michael Jordan? No. It didn't stop me from trying. It didn't stop me from chasing that. Right now, the same is true today. You've got kids that look up to people like LeBron James and Steph Curry and want to want to guide their game to be like them. They want to imitate those people because they are an image of perfection in this game. Now, there's no, I mean, every kid thinks they will do that. We all know that that's not going to happen, except for a very select few that might actually attain something close to that. But it doesn't stop anybody from trying. You've got kids that haven't ever shot a basketball in their lives being like, I'm going to be Steph Curry when I grow up. I'm going to make a million threes in a season. And we know it's not possible, but it doesn't stop anybody from trying. Right? God calls us to imitate him. God calls us to, when we say that we want to follow God, it means we want to be like him. It means we want to do what he does. It means that, that we, can, we can follow him and learn from him and be like him and, and treat people like him and love people like him and, and live like him. Now, are we ever going to live a sinless life? No, it's too late for that. But can we try? yes. Never let this ideal of I of have to be perfect stop you from following Christ. Because I have news for you. No one is perfect. I'm not perfect, for sure. But I follow Jesus the best way I know how. Don't stop trying. And Jesus didn't just, just lead by example. Jesus, Jesus taught us. He didn't just show us the way by living this life. He, he taught us how to live this life alongside of him. He taught us how to be like him. He taught us in stories. He taught us in parables, which, which is a great way to learn. right? In fact, back then it was the, the best way to learn. Right? You see manuscripts and different things from different rabbis from back in Jesus' time. And, and most of the time they are written in story form. Because stories resonate with people. People remember stories. I could give you 10 facts today, and I could tell you a story, and I guarantee the thing you're going to go home with today is a story about the women in the fellowship hall and hearing the voice. You're not going to remember what the theological word for Jesus coming down to earth is. Some of you might know that already. A lot of you might know that already. That's right. But you're going to remember that story. Right? We resonate with stories, and Jesus told stories all the time. We hear the, of the, the prodigal son. We hear this story, of, uh, and we get to know the character of God. We get to know uh, how God relates to us. We get to know all this stuff. We see the, the story of the Good Samaritan, and we see that we're called to love our neighbor, even the neighbors who aren't from here, even the neighbors who, who aren't like us. We're called to, to love our neighbors and love our enemies and love everyone we see these stories and they teach us things that jesus is trying to teach us and show us in his life right jesus came and he showed us the way not just in the way that He lived, but in the way that he taught and we can we can be like him we can follow him last thing the good shepherd did for us as he sacrificed for us the good shepherd calls you by name The good shepherd shows you the way. And the good shepherd sacrificed so that you could reach it. Shepherds are are constantly sacrificing themselves for the sheep. Any predator, any danger, the shepherd runs to it to save his sheep. Jesus is no different. Just a a few pages back in the book of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever might believe in that would would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the sacrifice of God for you so that you might have this eternal life, so that you might find God and and be with him forever. Our, Our... our shepherd is, is a sacrificial shepherd. He's sacrificed for us. That We, we talked about this on Easter, Easter, that we can be restored to God only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have a good shepherd who, is, who sacrificed himself for you. Here's the question I want to ask you this morning and the question I want you to leave with this morning. Which shepherd are you following? Which shepherd are you following? We have a good shepherd who calls you by name, who is teaching you and showing you the way to live, who sacrificed himself so that you might have eternal life with him forever. We have this good shepherd, but man, do we follow a lot of other things in our lives. We follow the money trail. worry are, we, we continually just are worried about finances, and we do everything we can, and we, we chase the money, we chase the finances. Sometimes it's power. You now we're going to do everything we can in our lives to chase power and having power and having control over, over people or circumstances, or we're going to chase that. That could be a shepherd. What are you chasing? Who are you following? Which shepherd do you choose to follow this morning? My prayer is that you would follow the shepherd who calls you by name and knows you by name, who shows you the way, who walks you through the path of life, who, who sacrificed himself for you. This is, this is Jesus. This is God. Three in one. We have a good shepherd. Who will you follow this morning? Let's pray. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks for all that you've done and all that you are. God, we, we... we thank you this morning for sending the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you for giving us this morning a good shepherd. A shepherd who knows us by name and calls us by name. A shepherd who, who shows us the way to live and who shows us the way of righteousness and holiness. We, we thank you so much for, for sacrificing this good shepherd for us that we might live with you forever. God, this morning we, we posed this question. Who, who are we following? Which shepherd are we following? And God, I just pray in this moment that if we are not following the good shepherd, that you would make that known in our hearts and in our minds this morning, that we would hear your voice speaking to us this morning and reiterating to us, follow me, follow me, follow me. I know you by name. I know who you are. I'm showing you the way. I sent my son to sacrifice for you. Follow me, Would we hear this voice in our minds this morning when we know the voice of the shepherd? God, and if our shepherd is not the good shepherd, would you, would you help us find the good shepherd this week? Would we make that decision to, to differ in our path, to follow you more fully? And will we give all of ourselves to you this morning? We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you do so, just uh, if you're new here, I do want to welcome you. We at the end of service, we we do a prayer blessing every week, and so I just ask. I know it seems kind of awkward at first, but you just hold your hands out and just receive this blessing. May the God of grace and love and peace. May the good shepherd lead you this week. May he guide you and direct your path. May he remind you of the path that he has shown you and the sacrifice he made so that he could live with you forever. May this same God go ahead of you and be in your conversations, be in your workplaces, be in your homes, that every word that you speak would be for him. Every every conversation you have would glorify him. And may you make a difference in your community this week. In Jesus' name, go in peace. Amen. Amen.